Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Listeners should refer to the disclaimer in the episode notes and at the end of this podcast. 800 to 1,000 members get together per month. And to think that's 20% of our membership base that are meeting regularly and sharing ideas and talking about their investments and learning together is really impressive. G'day and welcome back to Equity ASA, brought to you by the Australian Shareholders Association. I'm Phil Muscatello. And today we've got a special guest on. We've got the new CEO of the association, Rachel Waterhouse, joining us. G'day, Rachel. Hi, Phil. Thanks very much for coming in. Lovely to see you. So how long have you been in the role for now? It's been a few months now, isn't it? Yeah, I started in mid-June and started in the CEO designate role and then in September took on the role of CEO. So it's been a total of nearly six months. So tell us a bit about yourself and your background. So my background is I started off in financial services And then I fell into association world and where I fell into it was the Australian Institute of Company Directors. I worked there for a few years looking after membership services and marketing and then moved to Governance Institute of Australia where I managed the membership, communications and media of the organisation. And then an opportunity came up at ASA and I've known ASA for a long time. Was that? How did you know about the, the association? Well, working in the world of governance and companies and business performance, I was well aware of ASA and really aware of the, the monitors and how involved they are in looking at companies and providing recommendations around voting. And so I was aware of that, wasn't aware of everything that ASA did at that stage. But yeah, I put my hat in the ring and I was very excited when I got an interview and had a few (laughs) conversations. So you said you started out in financial services. Where was that? So I started off in the friendly side of financial services, I would say. I worked for an organisation that was called Cuscal, and it's still around, and it supports a lot of credit unions and building societies. So that would be my first entry into the financial services world. I then went to St George Bank for a short period of time, and I actually found my way back to Cuscal before entering association management. Did you have a financial services education background? Uh, no, I had a business degree. Oh, so right. yeah. <laughs> I had a business a general, degree. A generalist. Yeah, a generalist. Thing, yeah. And I've done lots of finance and law subjects. But my background in financial services was product management and communications and marketing. Yeah. I always find that people who work in the communication and marketing side of things actually seem to learn the most on the job as opposed to the ones that come in with the economics degree. Yeah, I think if you look back over time and when you start your degree, now that was a long time ago of when I did a a degree, which was HR and marketing, but the world's changed so much. The things that I learned about in marketing really 
are not what we do these days. So, you know, pretty much it was around brochureware, direct mail, and now the world is social media, digital advertising, so it didn't exist. So you really need to be agile, and I guess that's the key skill that you learn over time and why you learn on the job. I just wanted to explore a little bit about when you're with the Institute of Company Directors. Do ASA company monitors strike fear in the heart of company directors? (laughs) That's a good question. Actually, let's say command respect with company directors. Yeah, absolutely. The monitors are there asking the right questions and they're asking the questions because they look deep into the company performance and they also think about what are the guidelines, what's best from a governance perspective, financial performance, and what investors are looking for from their company. And they really do think about the retail shareholder and their peer and ask the right questions. So whether the company directors are fearful, not sure on that, but definitely well-respected. Mm. So what was it like coming and working at the association? What were some of the first experiences and things that you found out about coming in and uh, joining as a CEO? I joined at the time that we were heading into the busiest period of the AGM season. So that was, um, you know, a learning experience there around how we do the detail of monitoring the companies and also preparing for a major event, which was the virtual investment forum. So those were probably the two key things happening at that point in time. And just making sure we all work together very closely, the team, the volunteers to deliver on all of those requirements, particularly the event that just finished, which was on ETFs, exchange traded funds and listed investment companies. So we had over 400 people attend over two days, which was live and recorded. And that was a huge team effort to make that happen. And when you first started, you came to the annual conference, which was a live event, wasn't it? Absolutely. So I actually hadn't started at that point in time. That was my entry into ASA and I was really impressed with the event. It was one of the best events I have ever attended. And it's just amazing what we can do together, the volunteers and the team to be able to deliver such a large conference to see the chairs of CBA Woolworths and Telstra up on stage, like how many organisations can organise that? And I think that's the other thing around our organisation is the reputation and the connections. A lot of these companies, when we contact them and say, can you come to the conference? Can you see retail shareholders? They say yes. How has it been working with um, Fiona? I mean, she seems to be running all of the conferences. Sorry, I'm referring here to Fiona Belzer, but uh, she does a a lot of work and a great job organising the monitoring of all these companies, doesn't she? Absolutely. And I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but it's about 270 companies that we monitor. And to think that Fiona works with all of those company monitors and receives the voting intentions and often has conversations around the thinking behind that and then the AGM reports and making that available for our members. It's a very big job and Damien also supports her and they're nearly wrapped up for the year, so it'll be nice for them to have a good break. Mm. Another important aspect and role of the association is member meetings and members getting together. Were you aware of this beforehand and what's your experience been like with that since um, starting? Actually, that is the one. One of the things that I did not realise is that 800 to 1,000 members get together per month 
And to think that's 20% of our membership base that are meeting regularly and sharing ideas and talking about their investments and learning together is really impressive. Now, I started eight days before we went into lockdown and I got a few member meetings in, in the first few days. I've had the opportunity to also attend the Zoom meetings of Victoria and New South Wales during lockdown and then have started getting out again this week going to the Hunter region to their member meeting where we had maximum capacity in the room. So yeah, no, it's really great what we can do around member meetings. And I would encourage anyone that's a member or not a member yet to come along to a member meeting. The discussions can be very robust as well, can't they? <laughs> Absolutely. And it's good to hear the different views because it helps you with your own decision making on what you want to do with your investments. Actually, for me, that was my main gateway into the association was attending a members meeting. I mean, let's face it, the price of membership of the the association is incredibly low. Mm. And the things that I learned just from going to meetings and talking with people who have been in the market for such a long period of time has made such a difference to my own investing. And it's something that I've learned. Absolutely. And even this week attending a member meeting, there were two friends that had joined mid this year and they joined together and they're on their learning journey. And it was really interesting to hear about what they're investing in and what they're thinking of doing next. I think it's also the depth of knowledge. And because so many people have been in the market for a long time, you can talk about a company and they also know the history of the CEO and the other companies that uh, the CEO may have worked in and whether they've done a good job or not in the past and have a good record. Absolutely. And even attending a few member meetings, there were members who had held their shares for 30 to 40 years. So they had a lot of background on the company that they could share. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. An issue that's been important for many members is annual general meetings and the shape that they're going to be in the future, whether they're going to be live or hybrid. Tell us about some of the moves the association has been involved with there. Absolutely. Our focus is on making sure that retail shareholders have access to hybrid meetings. We really believe retail shareholders should have the opportunity to be in the room with the board and to ask them the tough questions around business performance. 
We don't think that virtual only is the solution and we will continue to fight to make sure that hybrid meetings for AGMs are made available for retail shareholders. We have seen over this AGM season some organisations putting forward resolutions to change their constitution to allow virtual only AGMs. It's been really pleasing to see that many companies have withdrawn those resolutions at the last moment because they've been made aware just how much retail shareholders do not support virtual only meetings. Why is that? Why don't they support virtual only? They really want to be in the room. They want to be able to look make, in the eyes, eye <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look in the eyes of the director and ask the questions, see the body language. So that's what they want. They do also want the ability to be able to attend virtually if needed but really to have that opportunity to be face-to-face. Are there any other messages that you want to give to members about getting in contact with you over any particular issues? Absolutely. Well, one thing that I've noticed since I started is just how much the members are engaged and provide thoughts and feedback to us, the organisation, and to me personally as well. So I've had a lot of lovely emails since starting and also a lot of ideas. So I would encourage anyone that is a member to let us know What type of content do you want? How can we better support you around your investment needs? And um, what do you see as the future of the association? I see us continuing to grow and develop with our members and provide to them more investment content for the level they are at at that point in time. How do you mean the level that they're at? Because to me, a lot of the members are very skilled, very highly involved investors. Are there also members who aren't at that kind of level as well? Yeah, really, we have we have a range. We have a lot of very experienced investors in our membership, but we also have people starting out and they do require different tools and information. And that's what we want to provide. And an example being this year, we have made available an estate planning masterclass that has been very popular with our members because even if you're an experienced investor and, and feel that you have all of your estate planning in place, it's a very affordable product where you can watch a set of videos, 20 of them, and really road test. Is your estate plan, you know, is it correct? Does it need a bit of an adjustment? Is there anything about your own investing that you've learned since uh, starting work at the association? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So I've been investing for 20 years. I started off when I was much younger with a managed fund. That one didn't have a good return and I actually, I sold it, but I should have held on. And so I guess that's the piece that I've learnt over the last six months is more of holding, holding your stocks. And like many investors, I did stock up in 2020, (laughs) around (laughs) March, April 2020, (laughs) which has been really good so far. But my plan and the family plan is around making sure that we hold really good stocks, really good companies. I've also ventured into ETFs and bought two ETFs that are global funds because I did realise that our exposure was to domestic only companies. So I have bought two global ETFs to, to balance it out. I'm really busy like many people and uh, I don't have a lot of time to be looking at the best time to buy. But what I'm looking for is good companies that I can hold on to for a long time. 
I think that was one of the, the greatest lessons I got from one of the member meetings was hearing someone talking about they treat their portfolio like a garden and they're just encouraging and trying to fertilise the garden and make it grow and then once a year they do a weeding. That's a really good concept and the other piece that's really come through is the importance of having your own financial plan or strategy and I have done that and I've written a few content pieces on that and we've done that as a family, so my husband and I, and we've thought through what are we trying to achieve, documented that down, and then what we're going to do is look at that every year and see, is it still right? Do we need to adjust it? For us, we have three kids with school fees, so we've got that, but we also have a house, a small mortgage, and we have stocks. So just working through, well, you know, what stocks next and mm-hmm. when. <laughs> How about the SMSF side of things? I mean, many of the members are engaged with the SMSFs. What are some of the things that um, they're doing to make sure that they're providing for their retirement well? Many of our members have an SMSF, self-managed super fund, and about 50 to 60% have them. So for them, it's around picking the right stocks that sit in there, often, again, holding it, but also thinking about, well, what's going to fund their retirement? Do they need dividends to fund their retirement? And actually, at the recent event, we we had a lot of conversation around how you should think about dividends. So a lot of our members are thinking about that. They're thinking about, well, how much money do they need to live on? Can the dividends pay for that out of their self-managed super fund? So have there been any controversies? I guess the question... That you can talk about. (laughs) I don't know if there's controversies as such. I think one of the questions we often get asked is, is my self-managed super fund, am I paying the right fees? That's one question I have seen quite a lot of. And in the recent virtual investment forum, one of the presenters actually talked about the different fee structures. I think that's something that if you have a self-managed super fund, you should be reviewing on a regular basis. I did speak to a member recently that was paying quite a lot on their self-managed super fund. So uh, accounting fees? Yeah, the accounting fees. You know, I, I do think it's important when you're living off that fund that you make sure that you're paying the right level of fees. And I guess that's a good thing that when you go to member meetings and we have 50 to 60% of members that have a self-managed super fund, you can ask those questions. Yeah. And compare notes with each other. (laughs) Absolutely. Make sure you're paying the right fees. Yeah. Okay, Rachel, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much, Phil important. Please remember these podcasts are produced to provide information and education and they're not designed to provide financial advice nor are they a recommendation to buy shares in the companies featured or discussed. The Australian Shareholders Association does not endorse or favour any specific commercial product or company. Please obtain independent professional advice before investing. We value your feedback and questions. Please contact us at share at asa.asn.au if you have any suggestions for guests or specific questions you'd like answered. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 